Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to the podcast. This is Tim Maluli. Today I'm here with Tom Maluli, and uh, we're going to be talking all about IPOs or initial public offerings. There's a lot to know about IPOs. Um, some people don't really know what to make of them or if they're good or not to buy or what what should we do with them. So we're going to kind of spell it out for you, uh, get into the what to know about IPOs. So Tim, I think really before we get into any anything further about initial public offerings or IPOs, why don't you just explain to our listeners what is an initial public offering? Right. Probably a good place to start. Um, so an IPO, initial public offering, uh, is also, it's, it's the first time that a stock of a private company is offered to the public. Right. So the company's been private for a little while. They decide we want to go public and offer some shares of stock to the outside world so they have an initial public offering. So when I'm buying shares of XYZ or ABC on the stock market, uh, and it's been trading for years and years, how much money does XYZ or ABC actually get when I buy their stock? Uh, they don't get any of that. Right. Yeah. So the only time that a company gets money from uh, through a stock sale is the initial offering, the first time that they are some because they're the sellers of the stock. So right. anytime that you're selling stock, you get money in your account. When you're buying stock, you're taking money out of your account and you're investing it into something. So the initial public offering is the first time that you're going to be uh, permitted to buy the stock. And it's also the only time that uh, the company actually gets the money right. from this sale. Now, there are times where companies will do what's called secondary offerings. And they take some of their shelf stock and they say, we're going to issue 5% um, more shares as a way to raise money right. um, for the company. But really, uh, the, the, the biggest way for people to get in on the ground floor, unless you're an insider, is through that initial public offering. So I think a lot of people, um, new investors may not understand, like when you're buying shares of Microsoft, Microsoft doesn't get that money. So you're actually just trading hands with someone else who's looking to sell Microsoft and you're buying their shares. Right. That's really how it works. Yeah. And there's a lot of different uh, market adages that you'd hear about IPOs. Sometimes, you know, if an IPO goes down, people will say, oh, well, that's just the insiders selling their shares. Why would you want to buy the company if the insiders are selling? 
That's a really good point. And, you know, a lot of IPOs or initial public offerings, if they don't work out, that seems to be the recurring theme that you hear. Well, the insiders are selling, which technically is true. It's true, but, you know, I, it's easy to say that in hindsight. Oh, there's so many reasons why a stock can go down, and very few of them have anything specifically to do with that company. Maybe their sector is out of favor. It may be that the market went down. The market was pulling back when the company went public. What, right. you know, that's out of everybody's control. control. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, we hear that a lot when uh, when uh, folks buy a, or, a, or there's a popular initial public offering that a lot of people want and the stock goes down. Oh, well, the insiders are selling. Why would you ever want to buy if the insiders are selling? Right. But then I... It also works on the flip side as well. There's another adage, you know, people can say, oh, well, hey, if you bought 10 shares of Google back at the IPO, you'd, you'd be a millionaire by now. Or, you know, yeah. it, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's so easy to sit back here, play Monday morning quarterback and, and say, yeah, you probably should have or it would have been a good idea to buy Google at the IPO if you could have. But, sure. you know, um, the... The news this week, uh, as we're recording this, uh, some people are making note of the fact that Amazon has been publicly traded now for 20 years. Yeah. And if you had bought Amazon <laughs> at the IPO yeah. and uh, held on to it this entire time for 20 years, uh, you'd be a lot better off. Right. I don't even know what the percentage returns are. They're gigantic. Yeah. However... The, the the likelihood of someone buying shares of Amazon on the IPO and holding on to them for 20 years is very small, very small. Yeah. There are a lot of people who bought Amazon, sold Amazon, made a profit, bought it again, made more money, bought it, lost money. Amazon was an extremely volatile stock. Remember, for 20 years, we've been hearing from the company that they didn't make a profit this quarter. Mm -hmm. So that freaks a lot of people out because a lot of people like to value their stocks based on what the companies are earning and what they're projected to earn. And if you have a company that is obviously doing billions of dollars in sales, but they don't have any profit, that alarms people. Right. It gets people very nervous. I think we're seeing the same kind of thing in some other newer companies that are trading. Uh, Brendan mentioned in one of our meetings about how Netflix had an 80% drawdown at one point. And to understand what drawdown means, uh, an 80% drawdown would mean if you had a $100 stock and it had an 80% drawdown, that stock is now $20. That would be hard to hold on to for anyone, no matter what, unless you're the mother of the chairman or the right. founder of the company. Right. Uh, that would be really, really hard to do. So I scoff when I see these news articles that say, you know, if you bought fill in the blank on the IPO and today, all these years later, it's worth, you know, the national debt. You know, yeah. twenty trillion dollars. I mean, it's 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 just easier said than done. Yeah. When it comes down to it, the the short term nature of so many people out there today just wanting to 
flip in and out of stocks. Holding something for 20 years is not something majority of investors do. Sure. It, it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So. And, and it's, I guess it's easy to say, you know, your broker calls you and says, you have 100 shares of, just listen to this scenario. Uh, you have a um, broker calls you and says, we got 100 shares of this IPO for you. Uh, it was priced at 34. It just opened for trading at $160 a share. What do you want to do? You, first of all, you don't even want to know the name. You just made you know 125 points right. for free times 100 shares. You your broker just handed you $12,500 for free. What are you gonna say? Let's take it. Yeah, sell it. Yeah. So. Um, and later we'll get through the details, but that happened a lot uh, in the uh, in well in another time. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really happen that much anymore. Right. Very difficult to get shares on the IPO. Um, they are uh, handed out with a microscope and a meat slicer, right. and it's really hard for uh, individual investors to get shares of initial public offering, especially really popular initial public offerings. So they're hard to come by. Yeah. Speaking of the uh, popular public offering that's in the news today, uh, I'm sure you all are aware of it. Uh, Snap, also known as Snapchat, uh, currently making headlines for their IPO a couple months ago. Uh, just recently, they had to report their first quarter earnings, which were not so hot. So people are wondering, you know, is it time to reconsider owning Snapchat or Snap? And um, I mean, it's you just don't know at this point. But well, it's it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, companies can't tell you when they file a registration statement what their earnings are going to be. Well. Let's back up a second. It's hard for companies to even tell you when they're publicly traded what their earnings are going to be exactly uh, in the next quarter. They'll usually give analysts a range. So there are no analysts or there's very few analysts that follow companies that haven't been publicly traded yet. They won't put anything in the registration statement that's a forward-looking you know, statement about their earnings or their business prospects. So you're pretty much buying them blind without a lot of information. Right. You may get some balance sheet information to see how much debt the company has and what they're going to do in terms of retiring debt when they get this money from the stock sale, but it doesn't really talk too much about what their business prospects are. That's really kind of word of mouth. So a popular name like Snapchat, um, that was really widely anticipated. A lot of people were looking forward to this thing. Don't know if it's going to work out. Facebook kind of went down the same path, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I was just going to bring that up. Facebook was originally valued at $38 a share. Um, within the first month or so, it dropped below $20 into the teens. Sliced in half. Right after the IPO. Similar to what's happening to Snap. But you look at Facebook now, and it's trading, $147 yeah. a share. Yeah, trading a lot higher. Yeah, so there really is no way of knowing. Uh, that's just one example of the way that it worked out with Facebook. But I just want to stress, and I think Tom 
would say the same. Not all IPOs are going to work out the way Facebook did. That's just a you know prime example of one that worked out to the upside. There's been a lot of studies out there that show that uh, if you buy initial public offerings and just focus on IPOs, a lot of them don't work out. Right. Um, remember, it's a business plan that you're buying into. It's not necessarily a long string of earnings like, you know, a more established company that's been around for a long time. Right. So it's really hard to gauge what the future prospects are going to be. And so it becomes easier to flip uh, an IPO if you've made a, a quick profit in it. Um, so it's it's really dicey when you're getting involved with initial public offerings because there's there's no chart. There's very few analysts who are even going to talk about it, especially when it goes into its quiet period. Right. There's a lot of things that are just too dicey to tell. So it really is for the speculators. Yeah. More than there's, anything else. There's just a lot of risk involved in the unknowns of the IPO. And you really, when it comes down to it, you have to do your homework and kind of realize or be self-aware enough to know if you have the risk appetite to handle buying an IPO. Now, this, what I'm about to say is not a recommendation whatsoever, but it's, you know, it's important to know that there's the IPO price and then there's the price where a company starts trading. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there, you know, a company can price their shares uh, you know, on a Thursday night after the market closes, based on de demand and uh, for their stock, say they price their stock, they're going to sell you know 20 million shares at uh, you know 31 dollars a share, mm -hmm. and it's a widely anticipated IPO, and the stock begins trading. It was priced at 31, but it starts trading at 38. So if you got it on the IPO, you get it without a commission, and you get it at 31 dollars a share. All right. So if it starts trading at 38, you've got a built-in $7 profit. Right. If it's a really popular company, there's going to be a lot of people looking to buy that stock at 38, 39, maybe $40. And that's what kind of gives these things a little bit of gas if they're really popular or there's a great deal of demand is that there's a good aftermarket for people who didn't get it on the IPO to start buying it on the first day of trading. Right. Uh, and again, highly speculative not for everybody. Um, so unless you've got that large appetite for risk, IPOs, initial public offerings may not be for you. Yeah. It would probably be better served if you're a more moderate or conservative person, not really um, ready to ramp up the risk. You know, it'd be better off just waiting, seeing once the company gets established, if they have a good track record, you know, obviously you do your homework at that point and it, whether it would work out in your portfolio or not, at least you have some more of a background on the company and more details about it to know that it'd be a more better history. fit for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's really it. So really, when it comes right down to it, it's doing your homework. Right. Yeah, and, and being more um, self-aware uh, to realize, uh, you know, do you have the appetite right. to handle uh, IPOs? Uh, there's always these glamorous moonshots that work out, and there's a lot of duds in between. Yeah, good topic to uh, to talk about in the podcast today. Yeah, that was a lot uh, a lot to process about IPOs. Hopefully, now you can come out of listening to this podcast with a better understanding, and uh, you know, sit down and think to yourself if you have the appetite 
of uh, for risk to you know hold on to one of these IPOs. If you've got uh, questions about an IPO or about an investment in general that you'd like us to talk about, you can reach out to us. Our phone number is 732-223-9000, or you can find us on the web at maluli.net. And thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. Listen, I have a big favor to ask you, and it might take you 30 seconds or less, and it would mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, please let me know, and let the team know as well. And you can do this very easily by subscribing to the podcast. It's probably the biggest favor you can do for me right now, and it's really simple. Just go over to iTunes, search for Maluli Asset, and click subscribe. Again, it'll only take a few seconds to subscribe, and if you subscribe now, it'll really help me out a lot. Thanks again.